You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keene-Jones. Our show is edited and produced by Brother Chris. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerd Show. The voice of the urban geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture according to people of color. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Hollywood Hameen, Bobby Filet, the Beverly Trill Billy, Soldier 70 Spliff, Dr. Who's Man's is this... Has Tetra here in the spaceship tonight. Yeah, I added in two weed references right there. You know, because that's how I get down on a post NYCC show. It's been a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of that this weekend. But we'll get into all that. Mm. But first, let me introduce my co-host. Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Victoria's Secret Wars, Flex Luthor, T'Challa Bread, Jay Prince of All Saints, Baptist Ameriba, and Sean Jean-Luc Picard. All righty, all righty. Well, how are you doing, Tatiana? I am well. I've, I think I've fully recovered from Comic-Con weekend. I did not realize how insanely devoid of energy I was until I stepped foot in the house on Sunday evening and pretty much collapsed in the couch and did not move for the next four hours. Mm. You know, when I realized it was yesterday when I was trying to walk around, today was a little better because I soaked my feet. But yesterday when I was trying to walk around, that it was like yo, it was clean. And you had just had surgery too. Yeah, so it was all recently. kind of yeah, it was all kind of excruciating pain in the feet areas and the feet. The feet. The feet. In the feet areas of my body because yeah, I was feeling it like oh yeah, my god. Yeah, but I will say the pain uh, and the trials and tribulation were worth it because I will I personally believe this was our best Comic Con ever, mm. just in terms of speak the- on it type of content we got in terms of the incredible crew we had this year shout outs big up salutes love to richie love to portia love to king kyle love to marcus prime love to Cavito clark love to brian summers love to arcade arcade noise really love to arcade noise yes love to uh pretty mary what is it mary pretty lou yes that's our ig love to um i i know there's an ig name that i'm missing in my head i think that was it was I that, said Brian Summers. Yeah, we said right? Brian. I said Marcus Prime. We said Porsche. We said Marcus Prime. We said King Kyle. We said Arcade. Noise. Uh, uh, Richie, everybody. Richie. Thank you to DJ Ben Amin. Okay. Thank you to Chico Leo. He yep. made a special appearance 
Um, and really just thank you to anybody who has supported us, anyone who's donated to Patreon, because that Patreon money, um, a good chunk of that money went to making sure we could pay our staff. Mm-hmm. And that's the other part of it. Like the fact that we even had that was able to bring in top tier talent to help us with filming, uh, getting footage, getting photography done, doing editing. The only reason we were able to do that was because of our listeners and because of the people that support and fucks with the For All Nerd Show. So thank y'all so much. Word up. And thank you, Tatiana, for organizing everything as you always do. Thank you, sir. Keeping everything, you know, moving like a well-oiled machine. Thank you, sir. It was very nice. Like, I would agree that this was probably our best Comic-Con ever. We really accomplished some very ill things. Ill. Met a lot of really ill people. And heard a lot of really ill people say, yo, y'all are really putting in that work over there. Oh, good. Yeah. You got you got some uh, praises? I got some praises. Okay. I, saw some, I saw some people. I mean, I got to meet a lot of people. As y'all, yes, you did. You know, a lot of people we're going to be bringing on the show very soon, like uh, Brian K. Vaughn, yeah. Damon Lindelof, Robert Kirkman. Uh, am I forgetting anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do my team, the second yep. again. Again. I feel like I'm forgetting one more. I know Brian and Damon were were my big moments of meeting, you know, people because I'm a huge fan of both of them. And that was, you know, that they were that was exceptional, especially Damon. That that was wild. Yeah. This one guy who starts with an M, last name starts with an M, that you had a really great conversation with. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, that's already, you know, that's out there to be seen. Yeah. You know, I, I'm talking about people, things that you haven't seen yet. But, yeah, you know, I did get to sit down with the legend Todd McFarlane, McFarlane, butcher of names, strikes again. <laughs> uh, Todd McFarlane, the legend behind Spawn, Spider-Man, for me, Incredible Hulk, a lot of great comics. And like I told him, the person who pretty much made me like Spider-Man in the first place. Mm. I thought Spider-Man was garbage. And, and you and I like that you said it to him to his face. To his face, straight I, up. I watched the interview. Yeah, straight up. Because issue 298, I remember where I was at. I was at my boy Drew's crib. And I remember he had the issue, uh-huh. and I saw that cover, and I was like, yo, what the fuck? You can Google it. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 298. It has Spider-Man fighting this villain Chance on it. It's an all-white cover. And Spider-Man swinging the spaghetti webs, and his eyes are super big, and he's in a weird-ass pose. And it was just it's too a, avant-garde for you. It was a moment. Nah, I was like, yo, this is it. That was it. And okay. then I bought 298. I ran out of bought it. Oh, that's it. what did it for you. Yeah, that was it. After gotcha. that, I became an instant fan. It was top because I already knew about him. He was doing the Hulk already. Mm-hmm. And he was killing it on the Hulk. There's a classic issue where the cover is Wolverine's claws and the gray Hulk is coming at him. Okay. And you see the reflection in his claws. Mm. And it was and that whole issue is insane. But everything in that was sick. But then when he came issue 298 of Amazing Spider-Man was just a life-changing moment for me. And after that, I was uh, I bought Spider-Man for like the next 10 years probably. Wow. Even through other artists and stuff because I just became a fan of the character right. and everything else. Just Bob, I mean, Tom McFarlane redefined it. Well, that's further proof that it only takes one. It only, only takes one yeah. time, one, one opportunity, one try. You never know. And he was talking so much stuff in that interview. I would encourage everybody to go watch it. It's on our YouTube channel because he dropped so many gems about creativity mm. and about like staying on a path and always doing what you believe in and how that leads to different things like one gym that he dropped was you can see it on my instagram as well as a fall nerds instagram where he was talking about how when they offered him to drop a spider-man he said well i don't want to draw spider-man in a black suit yeah because at the time spider-man that. was wearing mm-hmm. a black suit and you know he was like yo that's wild for anyone to walk into an office and be like nah i don't no, want to do that doing this shit. yeah <laughs> 
So they said, okay, we'll find a way to take him out of the suit, and that led to the creation of Venom. So without him Venom. saying no. So Venom wasn't created Venom for any in reason besides the fact that he didn't want to draw Spider-Man in the black suit. Pretty much. Because in wow. because Spider-Man, you know, leading up to 300, Spider-Man had taken off the suit because they started making it where the symbiote, they, they went into yeah. all that where it was like messing with him yeah. and taking him out at night and having him fight crime. So he took the suit off and then the suit, you know, he had this fight with the suit and everything. And then the Fantastic Four trapped the suit and they had it. And then it escaped, and you didn't know what had happened to it. Wow. And then in issue 300, Venom shows up in the suit and starts rocking Mary Jane and Spider-Man. And so when Spider-Man finishes him up, he's, you know, Mary Jane's all sick and like, yo, I can't see you in that black suit anymore. Wow. I like how, like, a euphemism for, like, not liking a suit (laughs) became, like, an actual villain of an actual story and morphed into more. And then also morphed into just all of these different uh, uh, stories and and scenarios that we see in now and, Mm -hmm. you know, now a billion-dollar movie. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, it's just about following your own gut and always sticking to your own like how you feel about something. So I encourage everyone to watch that. He drops a lot more gems in it. It was a really dope interview. Like I felt like we didn't even really get to talk about comics and stuff as much as creativity and all that type of stuff that I really like to talk about with people like him anyway. Mm -hmm. Like I would have liked to talk about Spawn and every that, all that, but I feel like all the interviews, you know, people talk about that and how he's breaking records, all that. No, it's a very good interview. So make sure you guys are subscribed to For All Nerds TV on YouTube. You can even Google For All Nerds TV and it will pop up either the first, the second, the third, or all three thanks to SEO. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like we said, we'll get into some more of that New York Comic Con content as the show goes on but also this weekend a little movie called joker dropped and we were just a little too busy to go see it you know being <laughs> just a little being at new york comic-con hosting panels and everything shout out hbo and Watchmen. yes you know we'll talk about that some more in a yes. second but like we say while we were busy joker dropped biggest opening ever for october breaking all kind of records mm. getting Mixed reviews across the board. It's people seem getting mixed reviews. Yeah, people seem to either love it or hate it. I have not seen it. I have not seen it yet either. I do intend on watching it. Though. I do intend on watching it too. I actually almost watched it last night. Oh. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to appreciate the cinematography and stuff, oh, so I, I changed my, my mind. But okay. our, our very own brother Chris, engineer extraordinaire, Yo, yo. Has seen the film. I've seen it twice. Wow. Yeah, I've seen it Saturday night. Wow, you, you, you're getting your masculinity on. I am. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've seen it, and then I went out on a mandate with my buddy Dwight. Of I've course. See it, what I mean? Seen, seen it Sunday night, see like the I night mean? after that. Two dudes. Yo, for real. We yep. had mad fun. Yeah, because uh, you couldn't bring a woman to see this film, right? No, when I, when I moved to Seattle, I'm going to take my girl to see it. And Regret. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, she, she's taking my word that it's a great film. So you know we're gonna we're gonna get busy. So what did you think about? Oh, the, no spoilers. Just overall, what you I think want, about I'm it? I won't spoil it. Uh, yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. It's a true work of art. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is so. Like, like, this is fucked out. up. This but is fucked that, up. But, this is first of all. This is attacked. brother Chris' first time on this show. At least Not as far first. as I know. What's up, for bro? me, <laughs> I think so. I think me. Uh, I don't know. To me, this is the first official time. Okay. This is the first time. And well, the first Chris time he says engineer. anything, you bust out laughing in his face, and I'm like, damn. Damn, the disrespect. A masterpiece. I feel attacked. I'm okay, so like, when, well, I, when I talk about film masterpieces, what would you 
what would you put it up there with? Uh, shit. Have you seen, like, a lot of people say it has uh, elements of Taxi Driver. Yeah, I mean, you know. Have you seen Taxi Driver? I, I love Taxi Driver. It's okay. one of my favorite films of all time. So, that's a masterpiece. It, that definitely is. But you know what the thing is? Yep. Uh, Joker has to age well. So, I'm, I'm saying it's yeah, a masterpiece now, but yeah. it just came out like this fucking weekend, right? Yeah. So, hopefully, in about five years, when I rewatch it after I purchased it on digital... <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing oh, it. You already you assigned you yourself. You don't to think it. that you've already given them enough money? Oh, I'm about to give them more. Wow. Yeah. Hell yeah. Man, you are you are like I am I'm masculine. Geek. I'm geeked off yeah. of this shit. You know what? White men have it hard too. Nah, nah. You know what it is? I ain't even bringing. I'm not. I'm not bringing the the, the identity politics into it though. I mean, you have to though. See, that's my I thing. Can't. Like, okay, like from what I've seen, from what I've, and I asked you earlier this before we went on air. Yeah. Does the movie have anything to say? I mean, yeah, other than mental health type shit. But and, see, and okay, class. now that, 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 that wait, really? wait, does it, is it really approaching mental health, or is it talking about one man who then, you know, does some very questionable, to say the least, responses to having issues? I mean, don't, once again, white men have it hard. Like you just can't go out and get help, brother. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Well, he he did attempt to get help. I won't, I won't spoil it, but he did attempt to get help. Okay, and, and then and after in that, true he's fashion, like, F it, I'm just gonna shoot everybody. And in true and in true fashion. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Yep. I don't want to spoil it. He goes through some hard times, and then his reaction yeah. towards the end is to cause terror and mayhem. I'm going to spoil he don't, it. He don't even get I'm dropped. Spoil it. Does he not even get dropped into a vat of acid or don't anything? Don't spoil nah, it. Do nah. not spoil it. Nah. We already know that because he's wearing makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that, he, yeah. He don't even go through the bullshit that the real Joker go through. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. But, but I don't want to spoil and it. And the so. real Joker don't even have no reason. Like, that's, all right, at least Heath Ledger, when you, like, there is no, like, justifying Heath Ledger in that film. Right. He's a, He yes. says it himself. Yes. I ain't shit. Yes. I'm chaos. I'm, I'm a here dog. To, yeah. yeah, I'm a I'm dog. dog chasing a car. I'm a dog chasing a car. I'm a wild man. I am chaos. I am, you know, the, the disruption to your plan. Yeah. Now, if I tell you my interpretation is going to spoil things, so... So don't tell me your interpretation yeah. so, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you, you guys got to see it. Yes. Uh, again, I'm not looking for any film to say anything. Uh, I appreciate Oof. all this. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about this uh, political shit on, on none of that at all. <laughs> but I don't, <laughs> but I don't see, give... okay, this is a point that I also say a lot. That's a that's a choice. Like, to make a film, to make any work of art without having a message yeah. is political in itself. Like, people who say they don't give a fuck about political, but it's like, everything is political. Yeah, it's yeah. just whose politics are you espousing? And 90% of the time, or as I said in the panel of Watchmen, since 85% of the time the lead role in the film goes to white men, yeah. most of the time the politics you're talking about are white men's politics. Yeah, it, so it it's not like that, that there's not any politics in these films. It's just that they come from the same viewpoint that we see all the fuck time yeah. so when people get mad about like oh I don't want to hear about politics in my film it's really about whose politics that you don't want to hear in the film yeah I guess I mean I, you know. I can see that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I, I just don't I don't want to spoil it so you know Preacher Ben came out but okay. I mean I'm just saying that's my thing I respect thing. it yeah, I respect and, it now, now I definitely don't again I'm, I'm gonna see the shit again mm -hmm. and I'm gonna still cheer and, and have fun with like I did so you had fun with the movie I had so much fun with that oh, the wow fuck is the soundtrack the, the, the art the, the, the shit is beautiful to me. I've heard that the, the cinematography shit. is incredible. I've heard the store is incredible. Mm -hmm. I've heard Joaquin does an amazing job. I like Joaquin a lot. Yo, I think he he's a get, great actor. He get busy. Yeah. So all that I'm looking forward to. But I always tell people, it's like, there's a privilege. See, there's so much privilege in a lot of things. There's a privilege mm -hmm. in being uh, Phillips, the director, and being able to go to Warner Brothers and say, I want to make $55 million, to be $55 million, and I want to do whatever I want. Yeah. That's a white man's privilege. No, you know, uh, no you one. you think he earned that from the, the hangover? Um, 
there's a lot of directors who aren't white men who make a hell of a lot of money and yeah. will never have that privilege of being able to do what he just did. Yeah. Never ever. Yeah. So there's a privilege there. And then there's a privilege of being able to make that movie and being able to say, well, I don't have to say anything. And then to go out and say all the wild shit that he said right before this movie dropped. All these things are just white men's privilege. And it's amazing how much people are so quick to be like, well, it's artistic and he's, you know, this Negro made three Hangar movies and they want to talk about how people don't appreciate comedy. No, dude, you're just not that funny. You never were. Magical. And I really love <laughs> I really love the first hangover. Yeah, that's But then great. you made two sequels. And even yeah, the first one is like, it's they're cool. You know, it's a great movie. It's great, yeah. But it's not like well, he did make Old School, which is one of my favorite comedies. That's that's another great one. Yeah. Great one. That's, so that's what I'm saying. I appreciate what he's done. But at the same time, don't sit all that bullshit he was spewing this week yeah. is pure bullshit now it drove up the bots office so he won in the end yeah, yeah you know I mean, he got work. people like you buying work th- you know double tickets going I'm on going back going on mandates i'm also, going back you <laughs> say he's going back no yeah, matter what i'm going back i feel like you also don't have to appreciate you're getting your fan bro on yo for real. hey look listen you also don't have to appreciate what something has someone has done in the past to then have an opinion to the to, uh, to the positive or negative for yeah. what they've done now mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. that that's that's something you should. I want to make clear. Like, oh yeah. yeah, you don't have to appreciate any of this shit he's no. done. You could just look at it on his face yeah. of what he's done now, or she. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, or that. It stands alone. You know, fuck all that other shit he's done or said. I mean, I really don't give a fuck what he said. And I, I slightly agree that a lot of people don't really know too much about comedy, other than you know, the the usual suspects, which are you know, what, what fucking Hangover, Super Bad, like real comedic films. They ain't really being made. It's all really cash grab. What would you consider a real comedic film? I yeah. wouldn't say that. I'm, I'm what would just, you consider a real comedic film? Yeah. As of late, uh, well, not even as of late, just in general. Like you, if this, if the as of late, nothing's really hitting the yeah. bill for you. What is a real comedic film? For me, film? Uh, Friday, fucking, uh, what's the shit that Whitney Cummings directed? Um, the female brain. To me, this again, this mm-hmm. is my opinion. What about stuff like bridesmaids? Brides. Oh yeah, bridesmaids. bridesmaids oh, yeah, hands so down, hands down. Um, you don't get a puppy. G- <laughs> girl, girls trip. Girls trip. Girls hilarious. trip. That's another fucking one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be a hypocrite and throw in super bad. Super bad's a fucking classic. Yeah, yeah, like it still holds up. Yeah, them dudes wrote that from when they were like fourteen years old. Man, that wasn't a cash grab. Yeah, that no, was them like yeah. struggling to get on. No, that, I'll be hypocritical and admit to that, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, other than that, uh, I thought old school was up there. I think old school stands, oh, old school too, yeah, yeah, stands yeah, up with too. any you know comedy of like if you go back to like the Ghostbusters and the you know Caddyshacks and any movie Caddyshack, like that. Caddyshack, there we go. I was thinking yeah, Caddyshack anything too. you want to talk about, but I'm not one of those people who agree when comedians sit there and say, "Oh, you can't do comedy," or people are too sensitive. I just think a lot of people aren't that funny. Yeah, we we had that. Discussion. May not be a fan, and also I feel like how much of a comedian are you if everything is predicated on. Um, you know, punching down, yep. or if everything's predicated on on you know saying something about somebody, like you can't yep. have a joke that's funny without talking about somebody else. Yeah. Like, and then, then are you really that funny? And it's like we see people being funny on Twitter, on Vine, on Instagram, on everything every day yeah, without offending every people. Single I, day. I can go on Twitter right now and find some joke that'll have me crying. You know, one of my favorites. I I don't remember his at name, but he he recently I don't know if it's old or new, but it, it's been making the rounds where they were like what the cops think or what the what the officials think happens when they put out an Amber Alert. And the yeah, 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 and yeah. you see that right. <laughs> see Chris? So the so the boy, the guy, he gets the Amber Alert on his phone. He goes, oh shit! And he jumps. 
wakes up, like he runs out his door and him and his boys, it's like six of them, they all meet up in the middle of the street and say, oh shit, Ambler, Ambler. So they all squat up in the car. They they drive chasing after whatever the car is yeah. on the, you know, like a black Honda, <laughs> yeah. black Dodge. They chase it down. They pull the driver out the car, stomp him out, <laughs> pull the baby out the car and bring the baby yeah, back yeah. home. Yeah. And me even just explaining it, it's hilarious to me, yeah. right? And, when, and the word I was looking for earlier was offend. There yep. was no offense to anybody no, right, in that, right, but that right. shit was hilarious. Hilarious. So not, I mean, not that you don't have to offend to be funny. And I feel like people who use that as a use that as a as a way of saying, well, if I can't offend you, then you you're you're sensitive, and I can't. There's no such thing as comedy. Comedy's dead. No, actually, maybe you it's need to adjust right your yeah. way. It's thriving. Yeah, no, I, will, I will say this now. The difference between I, I would say that that's two different leagues of comedy. You got. You got your your one minute clips on Instagram, which are funny as fuck, cause I repost them every damn day. You mm-hmm. see it, mm-hmm. and you got motherfuckers who got craft an hour, like Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle and Dan yeah. Cook and you know Mark Maron. So it's it's two completely different forms of comedy. But there's so many different forms. Yeah, for that but, matter. but like my favorite comedian Joey Diaz says, motherfucker, if it makes you laugh, it's fucking funny. That's it. Yeah. All, all of the comedy, it makes you laugh. It's fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah, and then like you like I would agree to probably I can't think of many films. But then you look at, you know, TV, because it's even like with TV and, you know, films in any genre, sometimes the best stuff is being made on TV right now and not in film. Yeah, like yeah we honestly, talking, yeah. We were just talking about Big Mouth, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. will have me crying through every episode, even though I saw... The creator apologized today for something. Yeah, for the episode. There's an episode where... Um, I don't even know if I got there yet. There's an episode where a pansexual character is introduced to the school. A, a, a girl that... Basically a transfer student that comes to the school. Okay, and she identifies there. as a pansexual. Okay, and so there was probably... I'll bad. leave it at that. Yeah, and there was a... From what I'm saying, there was, was a was monologue a, that yeah, didn't go a, over well. Yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But most of Big Mouth ain't gonna go over well for that matter. The show's highly offensive. <laughs> well, I sit there every episode and I'm like, I need to turn this off. I actually and find, I keep laughing. I find that... I, I personally... <laughs> love Big Mouth. I love it. I love personally it. love Big Mouth. I find it hilarious yes. and I find it very smart in how it approaches this really the basic things of life that you wish you were probably yeah. taught as a child. Yep. Yeah. Like you know how like the hormone monster yes. and, and not even just children like like they even the adults on, the now are so getting it. So. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's a lot going on in that show. The ghost of what's his name is as offensive as it ever gets. Um, oh Duke Ellington. Yes. Oh my that, god. Who, is, who is voiced by George Jordan Peele. Yes. <laughs> Just as trifling as it's, anything. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, it's one of it the best really things I've is. ever seen. That's what I'm saying. Did you like, see that whole episode? Which one? Duke Ellington episode? The, on the new season? On the new season. Oh, no. I haven't okay, got that yet. Okay, I'll leave it there. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to check this shit out. Because <laughs> uh, Anything Goes in Florida had uh. me done. That episode had oh, me. Oh, you're so early on. Okay. Yeah, I'm so early on. That had me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. We're going to have to take a quick break right here to recover and we'll be right back with more of the show hey guys it's allison williams i'm an actor and when i am not scaring people on screen i am hanging out with for all nerds and listening to their show hey guys this is rod and karen of the blackout tales podcast and when we are doing one of our mini podcasts yes we are listening to for all nerds Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Asante, one-third of the Friend Zone, and when I am not smoking pot or playing Shinobi Striker, I am listening to For All Nerds. Tune in. What's up, everybody? This is Chuck Creekmer, a.k.a. Jigsaw from AllHipHop.com, and when I'm not placing my heavy hand on the world of hip-hop culture, I'm watching For All Nerds. Hey, this is Logan Browning, and when I'm not trying to take over Netflix, I'm listening 
Thank you for all of that. Yo, what up? This is Yahya Abdul-Mateen the second. I play Black Manta in the Aquaman movies. And when I'm not getting around the city, I'm chilling, listening to For All Nerds. What's up, y'all? This is Anne Steven Harris, fire artist, co-creator of Aztec, fire artist on Ajala, The Fringe, Michael Cray, Watson the Homes, don't forget Watson the Homes, award winner of Watson the Homes, Glyph Award, eyes are nominated. When I'm not drawing, I am listening to For All Nerds. Check it. Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee, director of Night School, and when I'm not directing, writing, and producing, and editing and spending time with my kids, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, this is Pamela Ribbon, and when I'm not writing things like My Boyfriend is a Bear or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I am listening to For All Nerds. Yo, what's up? This is Chico Leo, and when I'm not leading an Athenian revolt in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm listening to For All Nerds. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to this episode of the For All Nerd Show. As always, make sure you check us out on all social media platforms, all of them everywhere. That's Instagram, that's Twitter, that's Black Planet, that's Facebook. Mi gente. Mi gente. All of the WeChat. above. WeChat. Why am I mad loud in my Yeah, ears I'm mad right loud now? in my ears right now, too. Huh. Not sure. Uh, super engineer, Brother Chris, try to help us out over there. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, wait. No. Now I'm gone. Okay, there we go. I'm back. Yeah, so make sure you're following us at For All Nerds on all those different platforms out there everywhere you can hear us. And make sure you're subscribed on Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, SoundCloud, all these various places. The biggest one right now this week, you need to be on our YouTube channel. Hard body. YouTube.com slash For All Nerds TV. Or you can Google For All Nerds TV and it will pop up. Um, this is unrelated to For All Nerds TV, but I just peeped your Rose Tico shirt from Birds yes. of Color. Yes. Shout out to them. Shout out to the brother Keith. That's fire. Was that was that gifted? Gifted to me at New York Comic Con. Me and Keith were hanging out on, I think that was Sunday. You know, Sunday afternoon we were okay. hanging out before his Super Asian American panel. Nice. Which he had. Which Was that w- the title of the panel? Yeah, Super Asian American <laughs> panel, it. which popped off and I saw it was a sold out full attendance. So shout out to him. And yeah, he blessed me with this rose shirt because we were actually talking about how um we were at this event you know we were telling we were talking to various people before and letting them know that when they did this force friday thing that if they didn't get their minds right where's rose was going to be a trending hashtag Mm. and this friday as you see if you go on any of your social media again and type in where's rose there's quite a long hashtag because people were kind of upset that they didn't see more rose related materials when force friday dropped well and so Keith has these amazing shirts. I mean, they're absolutely amazing. So check out, this is Nerds of Color. Yeah. Make sure you go check them out, NOC, the Nerds of Color, and you can get your own yeah. rose shirt, which if you're watching us on, what's this, on YouTube right now? On YouTube, on yeah. Twitch, somewhere. On Patreon, probably on Patreon.com yeah. slash For All Nerds. If you're on that, 
you're looking at this rose yeah, yeah. and shirt. it's done in the vein of barack obama's like oa campaign the, yep. the yes the we hope, can yes the, the hope, hope shirts yeah. yes and so rose tico so once again shout out to keith and the nerds of color and all that and yeah and you know like i said there was a lot of things going on in new york comic-con we haven't even talked about the watchman panel that much really like Watchmen, you know, I got to moderate a panel. Which was amazing. Amazing. I was so proud of DJ Ben. I mean, I'm like, oh, that's my big brother. He's up there. Oh, it felt right. really good. It felt really good. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've heard that um, some head dog, big dogs at HBO were in the building, and they said mm. that I did an excellent job. High praises. High praises. Okay. So people were quite happy. Um, there was, you know, full house. Sold out attendance. Shout out to your panelists. Shout out to my panelists, whose names I can't remember <laughs> off, off the hand, because I'm that type of dude. Um, oh, my God. I know my man Cheyenne, I mean, my homegirl Cheyenne, Omar, and Jordan. There we go, there were my you panelists. Go. You know their names. I do know their names, yes. They were my panelists from their various organizations, and they did an amazing job as well. So thank you all for being there. Let's see, who is it? Pretty Black and Nerdy, The Blurred Vision. And Black Nerd Problems. Boom. Boom. Got it right. 100%. 100%. I was, I was watching. <laughs> watching and reading. Yes, that was my panelist. That was the organizations. The name of the panel was It's Time, and we were speaking about diversity and inclusion. You know those things that we love to talk about. And I even got to bring it up during the panel that, you know, maybe it's time to stop talking about it. Thank you. And doing some more things. See, I love the fact that. You know, we're like sleeper agents. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I'll tell you how I'm on a Rachel panel. But guess what I'm going to talk about when I get up there? It was so funny, too, because, you know, now that the truth is out there, we can say that we'd actually, I think that was one of the things that I pitched, you know, and they were like, oh, I don't know, we want you to talk about something else. And I was like, well, I'm going to work this way in. Oh, yeah. You know, because this deals with diversity and inclusion, yeah. so we're going to find a way to make sure that we talk about everything. Yeah, like I said, this is for all nerds. We deal with the real, y'all. Mm-hmm. Every time. Every time. And so, you know, we handle that. So you can check that on our YouTube as well. The whole panel is up there from start to finish. So if you missed it or if you weren't in the house, you can peep it. It's very dope. Check that out. YouTube.com slash for all nerds. I'm not going to keep, I'm going to keep saying this. You You are going to keep saying it. Yeah, make sure you go over there and subscribe. Doing big things over there. And we need to see them numbers shoot through the roof. Facts. So check it out. Um, so, you know, with the MCU, oh. you talk about shooting through the roof. Those numbers, those box office numbers always shoot through the roof. Yep. And a lot of people, Man. a great deal of people would, would say, you know, maybe best movies ever, best film, that yada, yada, yada. That's, that's, that's a lot. Amazing. Well, one person who's of that vein, that, that vein you just said, um, Martin Scorsese, was I guess I I'm, I don't quite know how it got to that point of him of him talking about Slandering. the MCU. Um, maybe it was just a question on the red carpet somewhere. But um, he was uh, what was it? Oh, that's what it was. He was on a press tour for The Irishman, and Scorsese was asked about his thoughts on the success of the MCU, the popularity of comic book movies, stuff like that. And he said that he couldn't get on board with that those franchises, saying the movies in the universe are not cinema. So that pissed off a lot of people, to say the least. And obviously that drove the the media. I know we're part of the media, but that drove the media to start asking people in the MCU, well, what you think? You know, story director Martin Scorsese says your shit is not cinema. How do you feel? Um, Our boy, uh, 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 Samuel Samuel Jackson. Jackson. He responded, well, I mean, not everybody likes Scorsese movies. So, I mean, basically he brushed it off. He was just like, well, if that's how he feel, that's how he feel. Mm-hmm. He's still getting the bag regardless. And and him himself has been in Scorsese movies. So, right. So, I mean, for, for him, he was just like, whatever, that's his choice. If he feel that way, 
he's still going to be in his MCU movies. And that's a good fellow. Sorry, let me get that and right. And that's the end of that. Um, they also on Howard Stern recently. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was on there, and his response was, "To tell you the truth, um, I didn't expect MCU to become." And I'm paraphrasing this big. Um, I've always had other interests. And according to Scorsese, it's not cinema, so I got to look at that, you know? He said, it's his opinions, but it plays in theaters. It's his opinions. We all got different perspectives. We can move on. Mm -hmm. So he did generally the same thing. Everyone's like, yo, that's your opinion, whatever. And I, you know, I, I like that it just didn't become a thing. It was just like, like, you know, a lot of people, media, just ask these questions to stir up shit. Mm-hmm. And really, everyone was like, yo, if he feels that way, that's cool. I'm still getting this money. Yeah. And, like, what Robert was saying right there is really true. Like, Scorsese is a goddamn god. You know, when it comes to film, you can't really knock him on any level. He's, not only are his own films incredible, he's just a cinephile where he can name, you know, so many films that I've never seen personally that he can just rat off the back of his head and tell you everything about them from top to bottom. Like, the dude knows his stuff. And what's also funny is, like, what a lot of people are saying is that it feels weird to hear him even say this because he's such a fan of films that he'll watch anything. He's not, like, some pretentious, like, oh, it has to be certain. No, he's not at all. Like, he has a real appreciation for, you know, because he grew up with Westerns. So he has a real appreciation for a lot of those Westerns, which a lot of them aren't that great either, you know? But he considers them cinema. Like, I guess for me, I'm trying to understand. Like, I'm not mad about what he said. I'm like, whatever, bro. Yep. I don't understand what his definition of cinema is. I don't really either in this case. But I know the one thing he was saying is he doesn't feel these movies touch people emotionally. <laughs> and that's just, you know. Wow. Yeah, that that's just his opinion. Wow. And, and, yeah. I, have a, I have several theaters thousands of times over his worth of people who are emotional as fuck, including but myself. It was funny. Like, when I was in um, my Endgame screening, the first time I saw Endgame, I was in the screening with all the journalists and stuff, and at the end of my road, there was this guy, I don't know his name, he's an older white man, but he's like a well-respected film journalist, and obviously he's been doing this stuff for like, I think he told me 35, 40 plus years. Damn. You know? Wow. And he had no interest. He was like, you know, before the film started, we were talking, because he was just going off, and he was just... You know, da, 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 da. you know these. He was films, just talking shit. Yeah, these. Let's be real. He nothing. was talking shit yeah, for a while. He, he was doing this more on Scorsese. These aren't real <laughs> films. Blah blah blah. You know, I don't know why. As soon as this is over, I just can't wait to go home. And you know, this is in game. So everybody in there is sitting there like waiting yeah, for this joint to start. Like, oh my we god, was all oh my yeah. god, oh my god, this is about to be it. You know, and he's just pure hate. And I wondered, you know, I didn't even talk to him after it was over because I was just too full of emotion. I didn't care what he thought, but I also <laughs> wondered what he thought after that, and sitting next to people who were going ape shit mm-hmm. over every little thing. Like, I burst into tears when Ant-Man finds his daughter. Yeah, you know, I cried. Early in the film. I cried, same. Burst into tears. Same. Did you, bur- and I know you saw it at an earlier screening, mm-hmm. and I yep. saw it later. I was in full-blown tears. Full, full, I think it was like, I think I counted four different times. I know when Ant-Man finds his daughter, I lost it. On your left is when I lost I it. I lost it at that. I lost I it lost when it at Cap the- got Stormbreaker. I didn't really cry right then, but I, I did. I lost it. I lost it when Cap found Peggy at the end. Oh, I lost it. I lost it when well, not lost it, but I would say I felt something when Hawkeye like or was that? I'm sorry. Was that was that Endgame or was that Infinity War when Hawkeye turned around and all his peoples was um fucking dust? That that's Endgame. Yeah, I kind of, I felt that. that yeah. I felt that. I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it's I, a lot. I, yeah. I, I lost it. Um, let's see. There was one other one I can't remember, but the Ant Man and and yeah, that, that gets me that every time. Me up. 
Yeah, when he comes home and finds his daughter, I lose it every she time. She's like, Daddy? Yeah. And I, 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 and it, I lost it. It was immediately. talking about that. Yeah, immediately, I lost it. I, so I, to say that it doesn't I, touch you emotionally is just, you know, I think that's one of them. He's from a different generation. To you. I yeah. guess I want to always add to, to you. you. Yep. Carrot. You know, like, I, I mean, what do you mean? And, and this one other part of this Robert Downey Jr. response that I do want to read in full short, but I do want to read in full. He mentions, by the way, there's a lot to be said about how these genre movies, and I was happy to be a part of the problem if there is one, how these genre movies denigrated the art form of cinema. When you come in like a stomping beast and you eliminate competition in such a demonstrative way, it's phenomenal. Mm. So, mm. I think Downey said some things in there. And I feel like Strorsese is somebody who probably appreciates Star Wars. I know Lucas is one of his peers. You know, they came up around the same time. Mm. So, I know that, you know, it's not like he's just a hateful man, you know. I feel this is one of them things like Robert just pointed out that the Marvel movies is taking all the bread and a lot of other people are a little See, hate. But, but, my th- you know? but my thing is you can't say he's not a hateful man, but then ex- then, ex- then give me an illustration of how he's well, hating. Just a little bit of hate. I'm not saying he's a hateful man. Okay. I'm just saying but he's But he is hating. Yeah. No, no. He's, he, you're not a hateful person, but you're hating. Yes. Yes. Because hateful means that's just in your body yeah, all and the soul time. And all he the is time. the opposite of that. Okay. Like there's, this, there's a great clip I saw going around today on Twitter where someone had taken all these different interviews from him. Yeah. And it's like two seconds. And he's like, well, you know about him, Rashomon. And then he's like, Barry Lyndon is one of my favorites. And what about Goodfellas? And just all these movies just, oh, it's like movies. He's like, just yelling out he movies. He's just yelling out movies because of his love for cinema. But what, is he only yelling out things that he feels is cinema? That's another thing. No, like, but like is I said, cinema? he probably. Is he, is he, he going to ever yell out Superbad like I was yelling about earlier? He might. Because Superman okay. is, you know. Superbad. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know is if that's yelling his type about bridesmaids? I don't know those And that's what I'm just saying. Like, what, just because you, to you, don't yes. think that's cinema, first of all, who are, I mean, okay, yeah, you're Martin Scorsese, but also who are you to tell me that, oh, that's not cinema and that's not worth the title or the, the regality of it? Like, I, that, I think, is a little pompous. Yes. And, I think, and I'll say that to his face. I, I probably would, too. After I, you know, after I bow Again, down. I'm not calling you a hateful like, man. You're the I'm greatest just... ever. Oh my God. <laughs> and, I can't believe I'm standing here. And I want people to understand, like, <laughs> it's okay to critique people. And I'm not saying him as a person, oh, you, you, you're just terrible. I'm saying that point of view, I disagree with because, and then I said what I said, so. Yeah, I mean, man made Taxi Driver, you know, Casino, like, good fellas. Like, it goes on and on. That man, you know, put in the work. And I can't say that there's many... Even though the Marvel movies might, you know, get to me emotionally, I can't say as, like, cinematography or anything that I would think any of them really come close. Well, no, I won't say that. I won't go that far. But, you know, I mean, Scorsese did his thing. Look, that's all I'm going to say on that. You know, I'm not mad at the he man. He was hating him. I mean, he was. He, he was, was definitely hating. hating. Oh, he was definitely hating. All right. Yeah, he Just had so his... that's clear. Oh, yeah, that man was hating. He had his moment. You know, he's like, I'm going to hate right now. Like, <laughs> y'all getting all oh, the man, money. Oh, yells that cloud. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 he was definitely uh, my man in belly right there. Man making money on the block? I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like that. Don't yeah, that, that was definitely someone. Mr. Morris, I need you to put Scorsese's face over my man and belly. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> they both wear glasses, too. It's perfect. Like, they both got them thick-ass glasses. It's so perfect. I don't like that at all. Because that was Scorsese right there, boy. That man was Who dropping. Was that? That's not, that's not that I'm is, living my best life. That is, is that Omar Epps underneath all that. That's Omar Epps? Yeah, ain't it Omar Epps? I think it's Omar Omar Epps, yep. I think it is. I remember bugging when I found that out. What? Yes. I'm 100%. I thought that. 
I'm pretty 100% sure. Didn't he have, sure. like, the teeth, the fake yeah, teeth? Yeah, he has the fake that. teeth and, a, and the big glasses. Omar Epps? Yep, I'm I'm on it right now. No. Omar Epps' belly. I, no. Yep. No, no, let's, the Google belly guy with glasses. Stars Omar Epps, he's in it. Well, yeah. He, uh, yeah, that's him. I'm pretty sure that's him. That's crazy to me. Anyway. Anyway, we'll get back to that after, you know, we did some crack research on it to make sure that is <laughs> Omar, Omar Epps. Who is the guy? In glasses and belly. Who's the hater in belly? Is the question right now. I thought it was what's his face from that sings that song. I'm living my best life. Lil Duvall. Yeah. No, that man ain't even tall enough to do that. That guy didn't look tall. (laughs) I I mean, I know that was shade. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. That was just pure shade. All right. Yeah. Shout out to our um. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, moving on to our next segment. It's now time. And don't at me. Don't ask me why I said that. Straight up and down, you're not getting enough an answer, all right? If you had to ask me, you know why I said that. Look, you know who I am, you know who they are, and what we both represent, so you know why I said that. Okay. All right. It's now time for one of my favorite segments of the show, and it looks like it's a little slim this week. Thank you, everybody, for supporting. <laughs> it's like we either have famine or feast. Yeah, famine or feast, straight up. And I feel like everyone's worn out from New York Comic Con, yeah. like we are. So, you know, it's going to be a quick one this week, but it is. The guac is extra. The guac is extra. The geek wouldn't ask questions. I want like someone to do uh, a song for this where it's like the geek like like a jingle like the old school well, we have our Mad little jingle. I mean we got our little intro I mean don't don't oh that says the guac is extra doom 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 yeah don't uh, just no that. that's fire yeah. but I also want to rotate true and bring in you know like a like a little jingle. the guac is extra something like yeah, that something but like like, like several with several yeah. voices but anyway yep put this... some chorus on it <laughs> put some chorus on it reverb reverb there you go this comes from four star 21 they write hey fan fam i don't know if you guys answered this question before in the podcast but what was the inciting incident with capital i's that sent you down the path of quote unquote black geekness for me it was my stepdad taking the family to see star wars in 1977 the next moment was when my mom let me pick out my first comic book, which was X-Men 133 off the spinner rack. Thanks. Uh, um, ain't no black people in either of them joints. I don't know how that, like, well, I, just, I think, I think, I okay, and that's what I'm saying. Like, wait, <laughs> wait, you're not going to do that to Force Stall 21. You are not. Yeah, yes, I am. No, because not. this is the most, this is the Listen, least combative question Force Stall 21 has ever asked. Stop it. Stop <laughs> like, it. Shout out to my brother. There's two ways. Because Forstall be coming in here, like kicking in the door, ask the question. Relax. <laughs> Relax. There's two ways to take this question. I before I read the question, I just saw I just saw the term black geekness. So I thought you meant Forstall. I thought you meant like black people in geek culture. Well, they ain't in However, geek based on all of the que- based on the, qu- the 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 way the question is structured, you just meant being black and getting into geekness. Yes. Okay, if you're talking about that, for me, I think my earliest memory is in like the mid-90s, my grandma and my mom watching WWF, well, it's WWF at the time, but WWE wrestling. Yep. My grandma going crazy when like um, Hulk Hogan came out and like they run, like, I don't know who the fuck they were saving. I just... 
like you know how when either it's a traumatic event or something that's shocking or something new that stays in your brain since childhood and you'll never r- forget it that was one of the things like we watch on this little ass tv and my grandma like like straight up mark marking out screaming you know oh you know here come hope like <laughs> running and you know he was running down the the ramp to save somebody in the ring i don't know who he was saving i just remember him running full fucking speed and my grandma going off my mom going off with my grandma going off mm-hmm. and me sitting there like i don't know what's happening but it's exciting so and ever since then like i've been a wrestling fan so I, you know, if Richard's talking about general geekness, yep. then yeah, sure. If we're talking about black geekness, what I thought, what I, what I initially thought you meant, for me, it's uh, reading Octavia Butler, mm. reading the parable. Like that introduced me to Afrofuturism and the fact that there are black people in the future or, or you can believe that black people will be in the future because I hadn't seen none of that at the time and it's still not enough. But Rare. Prayer, but the fact is, it's it's on the come up more and more, and it has been increasing over the years. But that was those were my entry points. What about you? All right, and yeah, no, no. Forstall even he had a tweet where, or they had a tweet where they were like, "Yo, I haven't asked one of my combative questions lately." So <laughs> like, like don't know that. Like I'm just see people act like I do this stuff out of nowhere, and, or people act like I don't be seeing things, you know? Because I be seeing uh... things, I might not see nothing, but I observe. But um no, my inciting incident like I try like, to save you. I'm sorry. I know, I know, but you can't you can't be saved sometimes. You know, <laughs> you, you know you, you come in, you come and kick in the door. You, you know I'm gonna grab the shoddy. Don't when somebody hits in the door, I'm grabbing the shoddy. You, you know what I mean? That's how I go saved. down. Don't save. <laughs> I wanna be saved. Yeah, I, I, I talk about this all the time. How much I hated E40 when that song dropped. Really? Hated it. But then Sprinkle Me dropped, and I was like, oh my god, E40 is a lyrical oh. genius. Dollar, dollar, nah, forty like water. Answer the question, though, sir. Right, yeah. Um. Well, it was the same for me, but I was not old enough to really remember it. But it was being taken to see Star Wars. Like I was a baby, you know, a literal baby when I when. Wow. And my sister tells you, me you were. I remember this story very yep, well. She says that I was a quiet child and I came out a talkative toddler. Yeah. And that was it. But like I, but like you said, that wasn't me being black. I didn't even know I was black. I was a baby. You know, so I didn't, <laughs> like, <laughs> now, now, one moment that I can remember is still related to Star Wars, though, is when I convinced my parents to buy me a Lando Carusian toy. So that was black geekness. Black but, geekness. But it was also just finesse. Okay. Because it was about me getting the toy. But okay. I knew that if I told them that I needed it because he was, was black, black, that they would get me you the toy. You fucking finesse your people. <laughs> okay, so what was, okay, so then I have, I still have the question. What was your real entry point because of blackness and geekness? Well, I mean, I think that was it. That was one of them. No, you just said that was a finesse. Yeah, but it was Initially, also my entrance. You know, a, I knew he represented me. Just like you wouldn't let Forstall go with that dumb shit. You coming out with that dumb shit right now. Yeah, you with Forstall, the shits right now. Talk about Star Wars. That movie white as hell. You with the shits. No, you with the shits, Ben. I mean, what was your entry into black? What would you say was your entry into what you consider blackiness? Oh, that, all right. Now, that is a better one. It had to be before Octavia Butler. I would hope so, because I didn't read I mean, Octavia until I, I was like. I read Octavia Butler, and, 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 college, I, and, I, I, think. and I recognize now it was probably too soon. <laughs> I read oh, it when yeah. I was in middle school, because, Oof. like, you know, you guys remember those Galactic That's Book Fairs? That's a dinger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is late 90s now. So I was in, I'm in middle school, 
And like in those scholastics book fairs where you get the, you know, you think you rich, you, yep. you coming in with twenty dollar bill, you rich, right? Yep. So I was getting stuff, and I saw, and thankfully, thank God, the copy that I had, I believe, had a picture of her on it, and that blew my mind because I don't think I ever saw a book like that about sci-fi because I was already into sci-fi, but about sci-fi with a black woman on mm. it. So that's what drew me into it, and like I said, it was. In hindsight, it was probably a little bit too much for me. Even though I'm, I was always a great reader and, and very advanced, that the 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 concepts maybe were a little bit too advanced for me because it took me a while to get through it. Like I had to reread things several times, pull out a dictionary, really understand. So, that, well, one thing, one thing I want to say on that is that's funny because yeah. like like how that book fucked you up because it fucked me up when I read it too. Don't get me wrong. When okay. I read it, I was like, oh, we're fucked, you know. <laughs> but the one I read in middle school that was like that was Fahrenheit four fifty one. I read you read certain, that in middle school? I will never forget. I was sitting in class, and there was a moment where I felt something in me like, you know, I was like, okay, I will never look at the world the same way. You know, it was like that moment. I was reading it, and I was like, oh, because I because I was intelligent, and I realized how close to this was our reality right then, and how we've even gotten even closer as I've grown older. But even then, as a child, I knew. I was like, oh, we're way too close to this. And I'm going to grow up, and it's just going to get worse. Damn. So I was like, oh, you know, it was that moment. And so oh, I feel you because, Yikes. yeah, books like that, I was, I, I was, to this day, I'm still like, why did I read that? Because it was that, it was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, people have wall-sized TV, wall-sized TVs now. And that was what to do with predicting. And a lot of people, and it's not to say that we burned the books, but a lot of but people But nobody reads. <laughs> like you know and not enough reading not enough reading. yeah and not like books and not you know real information people read like people's tweets and stuff and it's like no research no thought no any of that but that's a whole other subject um as far as black geekness that's interesting because like i say i always talk about that i don't like george lucas was my god as a kid it didn't matter that he was white because for one i wasn't I, thinking about the fact i that wasn't he was white. thinking about the fact that he was white i didn't realize how ridiculous that man could be about race until far later on you know mm. but when did it okay but f- yes that's that's valid yep at what point was it like yo blackness and geekness for you hmm. i mean does spike lee count because like i want sure, yeah I mean, I mean like this thing i, I don't want, define geekness by any yeah i wanted to be a film director like that was okay. my first thing george lucas made me want to be a film director star wars made me want to direct you know from day one i went to howard for it but that has always been my path since i was a little kid you know i used to shoot things with any camera i could get my hand on mm. i wrote scripts i wrote plays i acted i did all that stuff as a kid and it all comes from star wars and so then i would definitely say that spike lee was the first person I saw looking like me who did what I wanted to do, and I saw the path. Like I'm like, okay, he went to Morehouse, you know, he made a student film, mm-hmm. he got on, duh, 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 and I was like, okay, that's a path I can do. He you kept know, it within the culture, yeah, generally, yeah, and you know, and he, and especially back then, like do the right thing was like, you know, I remember I saw School Days and I didn't understand it because I was too young to get. Jigaboos and lights did. Mm. I didn't understand, you know, hating someone. Colorism. Yeah, for colorism reasons. But then I saw Do the Right Thing and I was old enough to understand cops will kill you. You know, and Man. that movie was just one of them, you know, it was one of my defining films. Man. So I would probably say it was Spike Lee because that was the first time. And it was like that rush after Spike, like John Singleton came through, uh, Maddie Rich, um, so many, uh, what's her name, Daughters of the Dust. You know, there was so many joints around the Eve's Bayou, you know, where I saw black people doing stuff that I wanted to do. So that's when I would say, you know, my the black geekness 
Indeed. If not from seeing Lando Calrissian in Empire Strikes Back, because that was, you know, that was a moment. I'm sure that was a moment, but you still used it as a finesse. Oh, it was pure finesse. (laughs) Pure finesse to get that toy, though. That was the fresh one, though. I got the Lando. I think I got the joint when he was in Return of the Jedi, when he showed up in Jabba's hut with the disguise on. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're finesse. Yeah, that was pure finesse. So like we said, um, the guac this week is not that thick. Yep. Uh, that's it. That's it. But I mean, hey, you know, we got a good discussion off of that. That's it. Thank we, you, Forstall21. Uh, yeah, actually, very good question. And, and again, amazing discussion. If you guys have a question for us, be it about geek culture, pop culture, or anything in between, hit us. Contact at forallnerds.com. Or you can hit us at forallnerds.com because both on the sidebar and in the footer, there is a nice form that you could fill out. Give us your question. Tell us your AKAs. Or you can even hit us on the interwebs at For All Nerds on all our social medias. Or you can ask us directly, too. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash For All Nerds, and you are on a certain tier, you get guaranteed quark questions. Hit us up. Let us know. And if you're on that Patreon, you also get to see this beautiful video of both of us sitting here in the studio right now. Hello. They're looking at me like, why is she body rolling? <laughs> There's no music. It's There's just no natural. Music. Um, we talked about directors and something I wanted to throw in real quick. Shout yep. out to Tyler Perry. Oh, yes. Um, real talk, I don't really mess with Medea movies. No. I don't, actually don't mess with um, what do you call many it? of Tyler Perry's movies. Uh, I think I love my wife. The first one. No, 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 no. That's not it. That's a, that's a Chris Rock. That's, I, I'm going to tie the wrong. Um... Okay. Any, let me Damn finish my yeah, let, let me, me finish my this. thought. So that's a good movie. So I don't really mess with too many of those movies. However, why did I get married? That's no, that's Malcolm. No, you're right. Okay, damn it. However, I fucks with him heavy what he has done with his studio and the fact that he's dedicated it to black. He dedicated several stages to black luminaries. He's provided an avenue to for black stories and black art to be told, to be sold, for people to make money, for people to enhance their imaginations. And um, yes, it was how. No, why, why did, did I, I get, get married? married? The first one was. Perry, was- yes. Excellent. I um, yeah, I had to say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some some of them I like, but yeah. my point is, I just wanted to uh, give him salutes on that accomplishment. The fact that his studio lot is built on a former Confederate base, if I'm not mistaken. Oh wow, what a what a flex! <laughs> Super fucking flex. Weird flex, but okay. Um, everybody and their moms was there. Oprah was there. Beyonce was there at the um, premiere, or at the premiere, but at the at the dedication. Um, and like I said, like you said, what a flex! And it's you know just the fact that you have some black excellence in high gear. I thought that was amazing. And then also someone digged up an article. And in fact, it was it was either like a podcast or something with Gail King where she was talking with Tyler Perry. And there was a mention that he's also opened up a, an LGBTQ youth center so that they can get involved in film um, and also under you know other underrepresented groups in film. So. Yeah. I think that's fire. And I definitely saw a lot of people bringing up, you know, Tyler Perry's various issues that they have with him, you know, concerning his films, that they can be misogynistic. You can have both. My thing is you can have the discussion about both. You can yes. say, I don't fuck with your films like I just expressed. Yep. However, this stuff that you're doing that's good is good. Yes, it's very good. And what other people are also bringing up that I wanted to point out is the fact that not just his films will be made at his studios. Yes. Uh, parts of Black Panther were shot there. So he's already getting checks from big Marvel movies and other studios who have to pay a black man to shoot at their studio. Love it. You love to see it. You love to see it. You know, whether or not you agree with his films and his politics, whatever, 
you love to see that type of action right there. That does, you know, that's the that's the big moves we need. That is what changes the game, folks. Distribution, ownership, all that type of things are the way things go. Um, and before we get into that net section, because I see you over here eyeing <laughs> them, um, I just wanted to ask, we were talking about New York Comic Con, what was your favorite memory from this year's Comic Con? Ooh. Well, this is not the top favorite. I can't. I hate. I hate those questions about what's your favorite only. Well, say you know a several. few of them. Yeah, say a few. Okay. Of them. Yeah. So in no particular order, yeah. Kevin Conroy not answering my question. Nice. Um, I haven't got to watch that yet. Good interview, but then never answered my second question. Okay. That's did, great. Did he just play you to the left? No, he didn't play what me. Like he basically gave. I don't know if it was considered a canned response or there's something that's part of how because he, he's 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 talking to a line of people yeah. and I. A specific question, yep. but he gave me a general response. Okay, and I wasn't really it. And as I'm looking at him, I'm like, "Yo, th- this man's I fucks with this man's, but he's not answering my question." Yeah. and I'm not gonna put him on. on you should have. <laughs> I'm gonna put him like, but I tried, and he kind of just kept talking. And I'm like, "All right, you know what? Yep. I gotta go." Yeah, so, <laughs> like legit, I had to go. Like yeah. I didn't have time to fight with Kevin Conroy, so no. I wasn't gonna do that. I'm not gonna fight with Bruce Wayne, so no. um, I let that go on. But that I that that, that, that yeah. was still a, a favorite moment for me because, like I said, I've never. I mean, even though he's he's. We've interviewed him before at Comic Con. Yeah. I've personally never interviewed Me him. Either. So, so that so, was amazing. And you didn't. No, no. I think uh, Jeff J handled that one. Oh, year. right, right. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I've never met Kevin. Um, I would say again, really, this this crew we had this year just phenomenal. And and thank you to all the past crews as well. Yep. This crew really helped me see and 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 thanks for all the feedback I got. Really helped me see how far when it how far and 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 not just how far but but how much potential for our nerds has when it comes to the creative standpoint like yep. really everyone put in their best work this year so just seeing the interactions and everyone vibing with each other just it was amazing so I, that was a, a special memory and then i would say shooting again shooting the greatest day in cosplay video and and just pulling in all of these beautiful, gorgeous cosplayers of color, cosplayers and underrepresented groups, and giving them a platform to shine. My favorite. And there's one more. Um, I don't know if I want to say it on the podcast or I'm going to wait till we drop the video. But first name starts with a K, last name, quote unquote last name starts with a V. We did some things on camera with them. And I just, I just never expected that this person would be, I don't know. I mean, you should have. I mean, when I say no, not that they wouldn't, because no, yeah. they clearly they fuck with us. Yep. I mean, like, I just wouldn't think it would just be like randomly like that. Like, it was pretty fucking random how yeah. it happened, and but it happened, and you guys are gonna see it soon. Very soon, and it was amazing. I was blown away by that one too. Like, I recently became a bigger fan of this person than we're speaking of. Okay. I knew about them. Okay. But I went in and did my real research when and I found out. And you saw. And I was crying. See? Crying. See? I mean, just, <laughs> like, I, you know, like I got to tell them, I was crying. And crying. Then, and then I loved it because, you know, even though you spent most of the time with them, I caught up at the end and we had a great moment. We were talking about, um, I think we even have footage of this. Shout out to Richie, always on his job. Yes. Where we were talking about what if Terrence Howard Oh, had yeah. made it to Endgame. Like, if Terrence <laughs> Howard had never been replaced in the Marvel films, and I was like, yo, this would be such... If I could get somebody who could do a good Terrence Howard impersonation, uh, I would just cut him Tony in. Tony had to die, man. Tony, man. No, man. No, man. No, man. No, man. 
He's overacting. Yo, like, I mean, that last scene, imagine. Like, just imagine. And so that's what we were talking about. So that was a moment for me because we were all just sitting there vibing and crying. Mm. And everybody was over there looking at us like, why are these three people standing there crying, laughing? It was, it was we were over there trying to take a picture of this. So that was definitely one of my moments. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a follower of the show, Nash Graphics Inc. Yes! Yes. Because this shit was so wild. I'm standing in the middle of the con at one point, and my man's walks up on me with his uh, friend, his partner. They walk up on me, and they're like, yo, DJ Ben, I mean. And I turn around, and I look at him for a second. He's not in a costume, but last year he was in the, in the Tiger Millionaire. I think that's Steven Universe. Tiger Millionaire. It's this, I don't know, it's an animated. Not no Steven Universe. Go ahead. It was Google Tiger Millionaire so y'all can see who this dude is. Tiger Millionaire is this animated tiger who carries around a big um, briefcase full of money because he's Tiger Millionaire. And so, and so I saw this dude, and, you know, he's standing there. He's like, yo, I know you don't remember me. And I'm like, Tiger Millionaire. <laughs> you know? Yes, Tiger Millionaire is Steven Universe. Oh, you mean Steven as Tiger Millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Tiger Millionaire. Yeah. And so this dude was dressed as Tiger Millionaire last year. It was amazing. So shout out to Nash. Is that him? No, that's not oh, him okay. right there. He didn't come up on the Google. We have him on our video from last year, though. I got, I had to get footage. I had, I'd never seen it. I didn't know what Tiger Man there was. Gotcha. But I was just crying that there was a tiger so with a briefcase full of money. So he came up to you and said, what up? Yeah, he came up to me and said, what up? And so I just, you know, that was a moment for me because he was all, like, stunned that I even remembered him. <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, man, you know, you're a supporter of the show. You know, we, I do my best. And I'm, I'm really good with faces. I can yeah, pretty, you are. I'm pretty yeah. terrible with names, but faces, once I see you him. once, I'm. it's rare I really forget you. Yeah. So that was a moment for me. Like we talked about before, you know, interviewing Todd McFarlane, um, running up on Brian K. Vaughn. We basically ran All up right. on We basically. Then I mean ran up yeah, on him. Yeah, because, you know, you were sitting there. I was like, nah, nah, F that. I'm not well, letting I this I also didn't realize his yeah, face. So you care. know faces. I know faces once again. And I saw Brian K. Vaughn, ran up on Brian K. Vaughn. And hopefully convinced him to do the show. We got to do some emailing and all that, some all that stuff. But mm -hmm. he saw, you know, how much of a real fan I am of his work. And then I was even talking to Michael Green about it afterwards. And he's like, yo, Brian, in fact, everyone, I mentioned to Karen, Brian, everyone who I mentioned Brian to, they're like, yo, he's the nicest man ever. He was very nice. Very he nice. Was, he, had, he had a very good energy about him, like yeah. positive energy about yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, super. And that's what yeah. everyone has said since then. They're like, no, he's the nicest yeah. man ever. And speaking of Karen, that was another moment for me. Yes, you got to hang out with the man. Like, I, hang out like they best buds. We got lit. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I went to the I Wicked and Divine I Way. I told you the, the day, like a day or two before, I was like, oh, that's your best buddy. You're like, no, 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 not yet. I, I mean, we cool. You know, Sir. I, I don't want to say that we best. You know, that's. that's it's a joke. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? Y'all cool. We definitely cool. And I went to the Wicked and Divine Way. And I was texting you early because I felt early on, I was like, I don't know about He's this like, party. I don't know about this. <laughs> I had a few drinks. I was my, dead. My man, Kari Randolph, showed up. I got the glitter on the face. I saw that. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you turned up. It turned into a party. My man, Kieran, started throwing off some classics. The drinks was flowing. Oh, y'all got, got lit. Y'all got Yo, toasted. I got toasted at that party. I can't even lie. Shout out to Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey. He's dropping a new book. They uh, showed it off at Comic-Con. But F that, we got toe up at the Wicked and the Vine Lake. <laughs> it was amazing. Thank you for that. That was one of my moments. And then on Monday, after the con, I got to go and play Die, mm -hmm. Kieran uh, Gillen's role-playing game that accompanies his trauma book, Die. Mm -hmm. He ran the session. Me, uh, Jody Hauser, 
uh, everyone else's names. Tia Vasilou is slipping me. Yeah, good group, great group. It was a wild adventure we went on. Mm-hmm. Played a session or die. I thought we all had a great time. Everyone afterwards said it was a great time. And so that was just amazing because I haven't played a role playing game like a live one since since the Beth. Yeah, shout out to the Beth. Yeah, I mean that was more a board game. This was like a straight role playing. Oh, like straight up. Oh, where straight you personally? Up. Yeah, hurt. Oh. And this was like for real. Like because I haven't played since like high school and as a kid. And even then, you know, you're a kid. But this was like real. Where I was like, oh, you're like, like we were in character. Like it was ill. Like, like y'all were acting. Yeah. Like okay, die is like and die is such a weird role playing game where it's like. Because it's the concept of the book. You know, it's like you're, you're a group of people who are real people. And so you create that group first. Okay. And then when you go into the world of die, that's when you get your, like, you know, your, your character. Your, your your character. Like, I became the, uh, my class was Neo, which is like the cyberpunk type thief rogue terror. Oh, that sounds like me. Yeah. But in the real world, I was a dude named Steven who was working at, we were all working at an Italian restaurant. Tiger millionaire. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, got, I, I, I guess I just try to tell the story of what would happen. We were all, we, our characters were all working at an Italian restaurant, and it was owned by Irish people. All the rest of them were family, and they were all masquerading as Italians. My character was Steven, who is an actual Italian, who was working at the restaurant trying to Appropriation. Appro- trying to trying to steal their recipes so I could own my own restaurant one day. <laughs> but the, the Irish were appropriating the Italian. Yeah, yes. The Italian is the sleeper agent. agent slash mole. And at the same time, I was trying to romance the younger sister of. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. We had full drama before we even got to the world of die. It was amazing. Like we didn't even. We were talking about that once we created the characters. Like here was like, yo, I just want to role play this story right here. Like I don't even want to go into the world of die. I just want to role play this. You know, wow. fake Irish family masquerading as Italians with this Italian sleeper agent and a hundred year old grandma who is the matriarch of the family that's, who Karen plays. That's doing a lot. Oh, Karen was, of course, Karen was the grandma. <laughs> of course, Karen was grandma. So it was amazing. I won't tell you, know, I won't spoil the rest of the adventure, oh but it was gosh. fucking fantastic, man. That sounds cool. And I, I'm definitely planning to run some more um, role-playing games very soon because I had a effing ball. Wow. I kind of want to do it now, especially when you said cyberpunk. I'm like, what? No, we, we, Me? I, I definitely would like to run, a, especially after seeing Karen run the game of die, I would like to run one. So I think I'm going to figure out something. We might have to do a little For All Nerds meetup. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little something. You know, uh-huh. I know anyone comics, we were talking about some over there. Uh, and there's also this shop in Brooklyn that I also wanted to do yeah. something like, But yeah. As we wrap up New York Comic Con, the you know, the thank yous and our favorite memories, I, I do want to make a point. Thank you to everyone who came up to us over the weekend. Word. Like there was I mean, we 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 I, I feel like Ben I mean gets more love, but we as a collective really got a lot of love. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saying, Are you so and so? And yo, I mess with y'all, I listen to y'all stuff, thank you so much. And and we've said it before on the show, like make sure y'all say hello. And and I never think it's gonna happen. I'm like, make sure you say hello, and then people just walk, walk right past us. Yep. But literally the first day, a listener came up to us and was just like, "Yo, are y'all are y'all about Benjamin Tatiana? Yo, I, you know, I, I love y'all. Y'all cool, and thank you for what you do." And that makes me that makes me melt because I'm just like, "Oh my god, yeah, this, what I'm doing is making a difference." So yeah. <laughs> it matters. It and, really does. No, and for real, for real, because I know there's a lot of people like. Like, sometimes, like, I uh, talked to a graphics dude and Tiger Millionaire, and we had a chance, but, like, sometimes somebody will walk by me and be like, yo, Ben, I mean, what up? You know, thank you for the show. Love you, and just keep it moving, because it's Pat Dash Con. 
And I'd be like, damn, I didn't get to take a picture with him or anything. So yeah. thank y'all for real. Because, you know, even if I, or if I was distracted, if I was rushing somewhere, if I had my, you know, normal angry look on my face, <laughs> you know, it wasn't y'all. I was definitely he has happy. resting bitch face. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to say that, but I do, <laughs> you know, do. With, without a doubt. You know, you can look at any of those moments during the panel when I'm not talking. <laughs> and that is my face that I got to work on that. Because it's, it's just face. not good for, you know, being like, when you're hosting a panel and your panelists are talking, you're sitting there looking at them like, die, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, if I had that face on, you know, when you walked by me or said something, I apologize. But for real, just like Tatiana said, it was, that was big moments for us. You know, whenever yeah. somebody came up and was like, yo, I appreciate you. You know, thank you for the show. Keep doing it. That means, you know, as much meeting, you know, all these people I've just been name dropping, that means as much to me, for real, if not yeah. more. Because we wouldn't be doing it and getting to meet all the people I've been name dropping, if not for that. If not for y'all. Yeah, and that was another one of them, you know, not to name drop one more person, but motherfucking Robert Kurtman, who we've been trying to oh, convince yeah, to come on, on the show. You ran up on him. And this is what I always and tell screamed people. screamed on him, right? It's about no. Like, we talked about this before. When we talked about last week, we talked about Rob LaFeld. Yes. When I ran up on him and how nobody noticed him. Once again, this was the end of Saturday night. I'm in Artist Alley. And it's, you know, it's still, there's some people in there, but it's pretty empty and out now right now because people are headed for the uh, big, big cosplay panel. contest oh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. The, you know, they're headed to after parties. It's just like 7 o'clock, maybe oh, 6 o'clock. Oh, it's late. Yeah. By that time, people's leaving. People's leaving out. So it was nice. And that's another, I'm going to give you all another secret. Saturday night around 6 o'clock, that con gets pretty empty. It does. And you can really walk around, do your shopping, do all that good stuff then, maybe even find some deals. for that last hour. Sunday. Yeah, that last hour, 6 to 8, last two hours so. Anyway, I'm walking through Artist Alley, and I see this artist, Eric Larson, who does this book, Savage Dragon. He's a legend, one of the image founders, everything. And I know that Kurtman is a huge fan of his. So I see Eric Larson's in there drawing, and I'm about to say what up to Eric, just, you know, to say hi and thank you for all the work you've done. And I look to his right, hat pulled down low. Oh, he was trying to do that? <laughs> yeah, okay, he tried to hide. It was Robert Kurtman, creator of Walking Dead and all kind of other stuff, one of my favorite comics of all time, Invincible. <laughs> You know, and so he's sitting there, hat down low, and I turn, I'm like, motherfucking Robert Curtin. He <laughs> <laughs> said it like Martin and went with Tommy. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, almost like, Negro, please. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you don't come on this goddamn show, I'm like, we've been asking you for years, So you bro. yelled at him like that? I damn sure did, but I, I How did he respond? Like the asshole is. All right, this is what Robert Kirkman did to wow. me, fellas and, and ladies, everyone out there, you know, non-gender conformance, whatever you want to go <laughs> for, um... I was like, yo, Robert, come on, man. Like, he's like, oh, hit, you know, hit some publicist or something. I'm like, no, no, don't hit no, you no, with no, the no. First, like he's that. like, give me my, here's my, take my, you know, give me your email and I'll get to you. I'm like, you're fucking we, Robert Kirkman. We weren't born yesterday, sir. Yeah, you ain't got time to email me. Like, let's be for real. So I was like, dog, just give me an email. I will not blow you up, whatever. Just give me an email. He's like, all right. Did you explain to him that we've already, well, me, have already spoken to him. Yes, He's already done the that, show. Yeah. He's already done a video to you, you for you. Yeah, saying that I'd be on the show. Like two videos, I think. I think I have two different you videos. You may have two different videos, but yeah. I, and he and he was so happy to do it. So now all of a sudden it's, it's give me your email. Yeah, bro, no. No, this is Robert. And this is why I fuck with him because he's this type of asshole, right? So I hand him the piece of paper. And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll write it down for you. Hand it to him. I'm like, so can we get an email? He's like, yeah. Writes N O. <laughs> I'm standing there like, you know, head just drops, like Eric Larson laughing at me, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, you had an audience laughing at you. Oh, oh I think no. Keith, 
Yeah, Keith was there. I think Keith Child standing us be from Nerds of Color at this point. You know, I think he's standing there probably laughing at me. You know, and so I'm just standing there like, hmm. No, Keith wasn't with me on Saturday night. Somebody was with me though. Somebody the watched me. The point is, played. you had an audience. Oh, I had, to see a, you get I, had a, I had an audience to see me get curved. And then he's like, nah, nah, I'm joking, I'm joking. And he writes down an email. You know, he's like, hit them up. But he also was like, yo, I'm going to try my best to hit you up even before you hit these people up. He said that? Yeah. Okay. He's, you know, I'm, you know, he said he'd try his best. I know he's busy as fuck. So, you know, but at least he yeah, said but, that. But, yeah. And he wrote down the email. And, you know, we had some good moments. I got a picture. What am I going to post that I will soon. pull out the receipts. Yeah, I will, We got too. lots of receipts. I'm, I'm a po- when I post a picture, I'm going to add him, tag him, and post a video along <laughs> with it. Just so he understands. On all platforms. On all platforms. Just so he, he gonna, understands. He's going to put you on title and be like, I couldn't know you can even tag niggas on title. Yeah, he blocking me on everything <laughs> after that. And never coming on this show. But nah, he's got to because, like I said, Kurtman, I'm, you know, and he understands because I've been, this is like our fifth year at Comic-Con. Yes. And I've been running up on him since the first year. And every year I've been like, yo, you know, Invincible, F Walking Dead. Everybody knows him from Walking Dead. Yes. But Invincible is one of my favorite comics of all time. Like, it's just amazing to me. And I would have so much to talk with him about on this show. Right. So so do it respectfully, but never give up. Yeah, never give up. Always keep your eyes open. Look around. Or you never know who you're yeah. going to bump into when you're at these also, things, Also, read the room. Read the situation as yeah. well. Yes. No, don't just... Realize when you're getting curved. Right. Real, and realize when it's not the time. Yes. So, for example, running up on the main stage and, you know, from your seat, it's not the time. Another time, like I did. Or, if, a, or if someone, especially if a woman tells you no, that's not the time. Don't be me when I ran up on Larry Hammer and he was eating. And I'm oh, sitting God. there. You don't run up nobody when they eat. And I'm sitting there like, yo, can I get a picture, man? You know, like. He was like, I have eating a sandwich, sir. Yeah, but, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to tell him how much of a god he is. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I'm just eating. You know, like. And Larry Larry curved me hard. So, shout out. Look at my Instagram. But but it was solid what he said. It was solid. And, 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 he's, and, and he, because he's legendary, he can say such things. Yes. To the, I mean, you, you asked him to be honest. He basically said, I've said everything I needed to say. He's yep. been on this earth for X amount of years. Has has said every and really has has been around the block enough times where he said everything he needs to say and he said it definitively. Yep. And you got to respect that. Yeah. And he's like, there's 150 interviews of me online. You can Google yeah. any one of them and watch those. And he's like, all right, cool. And then you can't be mad at that. No, it's just I like you know, mad. you may not get what you want, but you can't be mad. No. And I took up my picture with him and I got to post it. And you know, and that's why I said I just want more people to know about Larry Hammer. Oh. So facts. I was like, I'm gonna post this picture and I'm gonna say what I would say on the show. I'd yes. be like, look, this man's a legend. Y'all need to go check him. You know, if you ever want to, you know, whenever you're thinking a random comic and you don't got nothing to buy, look up a Larry Hammer comic. It'll be worth it. Yeah. Like, he's amazing. Yeah. So definitely check that out. And, you know, like we say, check out everything on our Instagram, DJ Ben Amin, For All Nerds, Tatiana King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And get that House and Powers of X. Yeah, get that. You know, Tatiana just got her latest issues delivered, so now she can catch up. Finally! Finally. Speaking of that, it's time for my favorite segment. Comics I Copped, which is actually really short this week because I, I didn't even cop much. Of, like, unfortunately, I didn't. I was running around looking for House of Vets. I'm, I caught like a, a couple of variant covers, but beyond that, I didn't really cop anything because it's like there was no trades or anything that I, I like to buy trades, you know, at Comic Con. Yeah, and I really didn't have time to even look in like the real trade section where they're selling stuff for cheap, find some old drinks that yeah. I hadn't read. Yeah, it's a little difficult for us to. I mean, even though we enjoy it, it's also difficult for us to enjoy because we're working. Yeah, like even on that last Sunday, what hurt me wasn't even comic related. I was trying to get back and find this booth where they had these ill T-shirts, and I was walking around Sunday, you know, at the end, 
And it was like there was nobody in there, so I had space to move and stuff, but I just could not find the booth. It'd be like that. And then the place closed. And for all you know, the booth literally popped up and left. It, yeah. Because there was mad booths that just were just, you were One walking, day. you would yep. walk, and then, you know, you see booth, 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 and then literally a black square yep. where a booth used to be. So I think they, they were Saturday, and then they were ghost Sunday. They dipped. Yeah, so missed them. But as far as comics this week, uh, I do want to give a shout out to David Walker, Sanford Green, the creators of Bitter Root, mm-hmm. because they just signed that big deal. Big deal. Isn't Ryan Coogler it? Yeah, and, his wife, and his wife adapting it. are adapting it for a series. Fire series. The first trade of Bitter Root is out right now from Image Comics. Uh, go pick that up. I've talked about it before. It involves this family. I want to say in the 1920s or 1960s, I always get it confused. I think it's 1920s or 1960s is um, what's the other joint we love that I'm still waiting on that show to drop? Uh, Lovecraft um, mm. country, mm-hmm. yeah, county. Mm-hmm. So um, country, country, yeah. Bitterroot is 1920s, and it's a family in Harlem battling supernatural elements. I still have not even finished the first trade. I'll I'll probably do that by next week, but I'm enjoying it so far. David is a beast of a writer, and Sanford is that dope ass artist. Um, also, I got to holler at my man Kari Randolph and Emilio over doing the book Excellence. And I just want to say I'm so proud of them and everyone involved in that book because for the last few years I go to Comic-Con and Kari Randolph spot an artist, is always in the same spot an artist, like right in the middle, you know, doing this little thing over there. And this year my man was right over there next to Tom King and all the big dogs. Like it took me forever to even find Did you actually Kari's. get to speak to Tom King? No, hell no. Oh. Fuck no. You know, uh, a man got like, you, you got to speak to that man from five fiends away. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wave over them fiends who are in front of him. Tom, do you see me? All these fiends in front of him like, Batman. You know, <laughs> no, ain't, ain't, you ain't getting close to Tom King these vision, days. Vision, vision. Yeah. yeah, you got to speak to him. That be me. Yeah. <laughs> Sign my vision book. Yeah, yeah you got to speak to me from five fiends away. Um, no. <laughs> I love that Jay-Z line. That's one of my favorite Jay lines of all time. Like, you got, nowadays, you got to speak to me from five fiends away. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> such a classic. Such a visual. But no, my man Kari was over there with the bid dolls because excellence, if y'all are not up on this book already, it involves a group of African-American magicians who are operating behind the scenes mm. of the world and basically saving the world without ever being seen. And the latest generation of I the magicians is tired of this and wants to move it out into the world. And that's the protagonist S- of the story. Sounds a little bit like Black Panther, the film. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so it's an ill book and excellence is selling like hot cakes. Like, that's a great premise. I yeah, understand why. I think they're on their fourth printing of the first issue. Ooh. Yeah, like the second issue went to like third printing. Popularity. It's moving units. And popping off, so I advise y'all to get up on that right now. Um, and yeah, one last one we I got to talk to at the Wicked and Divine party. He was happened to be DJing. Uh, Mr. Al Ewing, the author of Immortal Hulk and the Ultimates, got his information. So he's going to be on the show very soon. Oof. And I, that's one that I bought digitally, and I regret because uh, <laughs> those first printings of Immortal Hulk I saw at Comic Con going for like fifty and sixty dollars. For, like, a comic that's not even a year old. Ooh, should have bought that. Yeah, I should have. I, I played myself. I, uh, hopefully some of y'all invested because I put y'all on. I was telling y'all from early how great that book was and how limited it was. And I bought it digitally like a jackass. And so I'm suffering because them joints is worth big dollars now. 
that's it for Comic Con. So uh, I, I want to give us before we leave a special, 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 special shout out to Mace Guerra in Seoul. Uh, this person sent us an amazing oh, piece yeah. of artwork on Instagram. Yes. Um, well, they they live in Seoul by way of Chicago, but they sent us an incredible piece of, uh, of artwork. It features myself and DJ Benjamin, um, some of our pictures. Uh, he, I, I don't know how to express it. Yeah. You just need to go to their IG pages, M-A-C-E underscore G-U-E-R-R-A. We're going to have to repost this on our Instagram yeah, I page. Ju- I literally just reposted it, but look at that. Nice. It, I loved it. I legit, I mean, I, I responded with a with a tear emoji, but like it was for real. Like yeah. I legit almost started crying. Like the fan art is insane in the best way possible thank you mm-hmm. shout out thank to mr you. morris because i was rocking that that's all main terrence howard t-shirt yes everyone Comic-Con, loved that t-shirt getting all kind of love i think we might have to see about putting that up on our t public they gonna kill us on yeah. t-public, t-public <laughs> like if we gotta take down one more motherfucking shirt <laughs> bcma oh my god yeah but that's all main <laughs> it was such a hit and you know just sums everything up right <laughs>